Thank you, of course, to DJ Bink Brizzy, a.k.a. Mike West, for our intro song here into episode 48, as always, because, well, he gave us a nice little tune. He's got some other stuff working for us here uh, that we will be bringing him back momentarily, at least not too long from now. We're going to try and see if we can get his, uh, his audio system set up a little bit better so we can have him back on. He's going to do a live mix for us. And it should be really, really interesting. So stay tuned for that one as he'll be back on the show here uh, probably about a month or so uh, now as he's getting his stuff prepared. But thank you again to DJ Bring Busy. This is episode 48 of Behind the Podcast. And thank you to everyone who's going to be listening to, to this on Wednesday morning. Of course, we record this on Tuesday night. And with the crew here, our sports contributor, Mike Sherman, our national correspondent, Ryan Neff, and... Of course, our beat writer, Nick Lissy, was he's just, you know, coming out of college right now, finished up his freshman year. He's enjoying some downtime before he gets back to work. You got it, what, about three weeks off there, Nick, before you go back to work? Yeah, I've got uh, – so my my job training started yesterday. So I've got job training for a month, and then my other job training starts in two weeks, and I moved back to Clemson in mid-June, so about, about five, six weeks before I have to go back. That's all right. Listen, it's good – it's good to be busy. Don't get me wrong. And, it, and it's nice, especially for you, because I know exactly where you want to go to and, and where you would like to be. And we hope, and by the way, anyone who listens out there that is looking for someone who wants to do great analytics, first of all, go back to BroadStreetSouth.com. Look on the website and look on the article that he wrote, that our beat writer wrote. If you want analytics almost to the money ball, to that, to that book, take a look because Nick is your guy. So, hey, listen, Eagles, I don't know. I'm just saying anyone at this point. Giants, I don't want to talk about the Nets, not the Nets. The Nets don't need it because we don't need Nick going on the tear there <laughs> in the United Eastern Division. So, but anybody else other than Nets, uh, but no, seriously, Nick is your guy. If you're looking for someone who can do true analytics for you, take a look at the article. The article was absolutely awesome. And I'm hoping the Nuggets actually paid attention because it was who it was intended for. And if you end up breaking down the way he had it, and if you visualize it as you're reading it, it was absolutely phenomenal. So take it back out there, broadstreetsouth.com, broadstsouth.com. Check it out. It is an absolute great read. So Sherman, we had a fantastic show on Thursday. And thanks to you for putting a lot of that stuff together. I figured we had, at the last minute, we had Chris Sack from Green, Le Green Legion Radio and the Green Legion. So thanks for Chris for coming on. We had Pollo. We had Michael Terrazas. We had Just Joe. We had the Rough Cup Sportscast, which they were on. They were, they were a, that was a funny group. For 45 minutes, it was quick. a lot of good banter going back and forth. So they were a lot of fun. Ryan was on. Nick was on. I mean, it was a full house. And Fuji, of course, was on location. So it, that was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do something like that again come next year. So thank you, Mike, for putting that together. That was absolutely fantastic. 
No problem at all. Between the shows that we did on Thursday night and Friday night, which went well into Saturday morning, it was absolute blast. And for the listeners out there, if you want to listen to the show that we did on Friday night after the first round of the draft, I would encourage you not only to listen to the segment that we did with the Rough Cut Sportscast, who were absolutely fantastic, but listen to the banter that went back and forth between Michael Terrazas, who represents the Indianapolis Colts, and Just Joe, who represents the Cleveland Browns. Two teams that went 11-5 and last year, and they just went at it back and forth. And it was an opportunity for us as the Broad Street South crew to just kind of sit back and watch it happen. It was fantastic. It sure was. And I felt bad for our national correspondent because I uh, <laughs> love the guy to death. And he was just kind of there like, hey, uh, what's going on here? Right? I got about, you know, 45 minutes. And what's the deal? So that's how long those guys went on. But it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. Nick, I know he had, you know, you had something to do Saturday morning. So he had to sign off with them. But for the first time being on with us and adding the input as well. And, and as I stated to everyone, so we do have Nick right now. I, I would say kind of a, a lone basis because – he is right now a registered student at Clemson University. Of course, he is going for his degree, but more importantly, he wants to land in the field that he wants to have absolute love and passion for. Now, with that being said, Nick has already been told he will always be part of this family here. No matter what happens, he will always be here. So I don't know when when I turn 105, when uh, Sherman turns about 50, uh, I would say 51. Right now, thank God he's only 21 years old. So he's got many, many years to go. And Ryan Neff, who's you know, he's about 37. So when when I the oldest one out of the group here, as I turn 103, hopefully by then Nick will be, I don't know, old the age of 25 years old. And he'll still be here with us and just having fun. So listen, we we it's a good group of guys. We have a lot of fun. We enjoy what we do. And if we didn't, well, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. But before we get into all of our NFC talk, what happened with the NFL, we cannot forget. The people who make it happen, and that would be fans of Philly. Fansofphilly.com. If you guys go to their website and check them out, fansofphilly.com, take a look because you have the Denver game coming up with the Eagles. You also have an Atlanta game coming up with the Eagles. The biggest one that I believe will be the Vegas trip out there, and I've been out to Vegas last summer. It's a lot of fun. That Reliance Stadium is absolutely phenomenal, and it's the only one they're going to have. Now, if they open it back up, which is supposed to this year, there's actually a – club in one of the end zones and it actually has i mean light stage whole nine yards where you can dance while the game is playing so the only thing you have to look out for is a ball coming your way but for the most part it should be a lot of fun if you want to travel like a champion go with fans of philly.com you can also reach out to them at 610-517-7171 610-517-7171 and also email joe at fans of philly.com that's fans of philly.com also take a look at their baseball trip they have coming up philly's traveling up to new york and boston so once again, fansofphilly.com, thank you guys for being our major sponsor. So with that being said, fellas, we had draft night last weekend. And for what it seems like, majority of the folks actually like what Howie did. And I'm talking about your analysts from ESPN, the NFL Network, local beat writers. It seems like the Eagles did the pretty decent job, even though Dallas walked away apparently with the A grade. But defensively, looked like the Eagles actually did their homework. So Sherman, I'm going to start with you. To you, first of all, was I will say that it seemed like the NFL draft was a lot better this year than in years past, meaning it was a little more fun. Obviously, there's a lot more going on, and it seems like the first round, every team did their homework. Well, compared to the draft in 2020, where there were no fans due to the COVID restrictions, 
I think that this is just what all the NFL degenerates needed. They needed a couple days of this NFL draft to see the crowd in the city. It happened to be Cleveland. And from what I saw, it looked like they did a great job. And I think just the class of people who were coming out, especially in the first round with so many heavy hitters for quarterback. And that's important because when you think about the four major sports, the quarterback is arguably the most important position in all the major sports. Not talking about a goalie in soccer. I'm talking specifically about the four major sports. Right. So the fact that you had Lawrence and Wilson and Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Justin Fields all go ultimately in the first round. I think that that provided a lot of action and drama. The San Francisco 49ers, a lot of the reports said that Mac Jones was going to go to San Francisco. And when Trey Lance's name was announced, all of a sudden, now the draft is on. Because everybody knew that Lawrence was going to the Jags and everybody knew that uh, Zach Wilson was going to the Jets. But once Trey Lance's name was announced, it was on. Atlanta, who I honestly thought that they were going to trade that pick. And they didn't. They took Kyle Pitts, who... Looks to be a fantastic player in the NFL. Um, I honestly thought that they were going to trade the pick. And just there was so much drama in the first round. Like, when have you ever heard of teams within the NFC East trading picks with each other in the first round? And the Eagles ultimately undercutting the Giants and the Giants trading down and the Bears who signed Andy Dalton for $10 million or whatever. They move up to get fields. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of drama. I thought it was a good draft overall, especially in the first round. I, I found it quite interesting. I, I like what the Eagles end up doing. Uh, even though they shifted around, everybody kind of wondered what they were going to do at 12. You know, and then the the trade between the Cowboys, and I guess it was kind of like the makeup. It, it was two years ago, uh, not that long ago, when we it, it was the same thing. It was a swap back and forth as far as with the Eagles in Dallas. So it was nice to see they got the person who exactly wanted Devontae Smith, which has already made his appearance out there in Philly. Uh, he met Jalen Hurts. I believe it was the first night uh, they flew him directly out to Philadelphia. Because um, I do believe he had the same suit on. So Jalen Hurts apparently was over at uh, the Novacare Complex. So it was nice to see the teammates actually getting back together. And which reminds me, Nick had a good question from last Friday. And I don't remember if he made it on air or not. It, as we may have been talking about it prior to us going on air. But Nick had mentioned about, do we believe that it's a good combination that we have a quarterback you know, and or teammates from the same team being drafted either on the same draft night. And, it, and Nick, if I remember, it was kind of somewhat with, within that realm, that question about having teammates both drafted in the same night. Yeah, I basically asked what everyone's thoughts were. We're having these college teammates uh, team up in the NFL. Um, and it were, there were, four, I think, four instances, four or three clear instances um, with uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell and Tua. Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts and then Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne going in the same draft. But I was very curious what everyone's thoughts were on that. So, Ryan, I know the the surprise was I obviously Chicago. I, I don't think anybody saw Chicago. They know they needed a quarterback. But to make the move that they did, it was probably the, one of the bigger ones that Chicago has done in a while. So they get their QB, but can they get their QB and – it's also followed by Andy Dalton starting. So my question to you, and I know we're going to keep it around the NFC East, but because it's intriguing as well, would Chicago be making the right move by starting Andy versus just giving Justin the helm? And you're going to be in a rebuilding mode anyways. You might as well go ahead and start the quarterback. But So I'm trying to get maybe the feel around the NFL to see if, if it's smart to start Andy over Justin Fields. 
Well, let me let me go back to the to, to the first part that you mentioned, and I think the reason why the the Bears made the move they did to get Fields is everything I've heard over the last two or three days, and you know I don't have any inside sources. You know I'm not a professional journalist or whatnot, but you know I've I've gone to a couple of sites that are very very highly reliable, and they they've got good journalism on it. So the, the reason why the Bears made the move that they did is because the Vikings were trying to trade up, up above. Chicago to actually take fields and you know that did not pan out but Chicago got highly afraid that they were going to be able to pull something off and uh, that's why Chicago finally made the deal that they did was to get their guy and as far as look the Trubisky thing did not pan out and I think there was a lot of people in Chicago that were rooting for that whole situation to work out because I don't really think – I thought Mitchell Trubisky coming out of North Carolina, I thought he came out too early, and I was rooting for him hard because I do think the kid has talent. Um, You didn't bring Andy Dalton there to pay him what they're going to pay him to sit on the bench. Now, you bring Fields in, I would have held off on everything, and I would have probably maybe um, gone the route that – the coach for the Eagles, which he's escaping my mind already. I'm, I'm so right. right. So I would have just said, look, this is a new regime. It's a new era. Every position is going to be open for uh, competition. That's what I would have done. But I think the reason why they said that about Dalton was veteran in the league can sort of groom fields. And again, I, I said this on Thursday or Friday, if it goes south, and Dalton starts off really poorly, and the Bears are sitting at, I don't know, one and three, two and four. Right. Justin Fields will play. He will play. They are not going to wait. Um, you know, and then the other thing is Dalton does have a propensity sometimes to get hurt to hear the last five, six years. So there, there, there's not a doubt in my mind that at some point during the year, since we have, the again, the 17-game schedule, which don't even get me started. Um, but, yeah, at some point – some point along the line, um, this is this is going to work out in Fields' favor. You know, I, I heard somebody talking about this. I forget which one of the shows was, but everybody remembers when the Cowboys drafted Troy Aikman, and yet they also brought in Steve Walsh. <laughs> you know, and everybody viewed that. And Jimmy Johnson came out and said at the time, it, it, "It's going to be a quarterback competition. Troy is not the starter. Troy had to work for it." to beat Steve out, and right. he eventually did. And if I were the head coach of a football team, whether I've got a veteran, unless it's like some like Aaron Rodgers or Brady or, you know, somebody that's just like over-the-top spectacular, you, you, you want to have that and come out and say, look, I'm the new head coach. There is no position safe unless you've got solidified veterans at a spot where you know that they're, they're bona fide superstars. No. You other guys – you have to earn the position. And I, Dalton's aware of that. He's not stupid. He's a veteran. So, but again, you know, the only reason why the Bears made that move is because they were scared that the Vikings were going to get fields because the Vikings really wanted fields. Yep. All right. I'd have to, I'd have to agree. And, and so, Professor, I, w- I want to get back to you here for a second because the biggest sleeper, I don't think that the Eagles or anyone else may have possibly seen was Milton Williams. And, and it, it seems like – He's your Louisiana Tech the, the defensive tackle. 
I didn't, I didn't hear any kind of grumblings or rumblings or anything else that the Eagles are, were trying to pursue him, but he is excited to come on board. There's an actual um, video that I would like to play. It's probably about five minutes long, but he, he, the Eagles defense right now has probably looked a little more stacked than what it's been in a, in a couple years past. Now, with that being said, do we still need help on the corners? Yes. Do we need, still need help on the inside? Yes. So it, it's not like the Eagles have pretty much has solidified what they need as far as the defensive needs. But on the defensive tackle side with Milton Williams, I, I think it was a good pick by, by the Eagles. And again, it was a sleeper one because no one really was going after Milton Williams. So I'm trying to get your take here. Was it was it something the something good the Eagles end up doing? Or was there someone else on the radar the Eagles should have pursued? I think with the Eagles draft, and I gave them anywhere from a B minus to a B, for this draft, I think with the first two, the first two picks that the Eagles had, I think they hit home runs. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would sort of argue that. Although a lot of people think Devontae Smith is a little too small, um, they feel like he, at some point he's going to get hurt. Um, I've seen reports that Landon Dickerson is good enough now that he might beat out Jason Kelsey. I've heard people talking about that. Um, but then, if you look at the rest of the draft, the way the Eagles went. They weren't anybody that – nobody that they took blew you away. But if you go back and take a look at what the Eagles actually needed, they, they they filled that particular need. And that's kind of the talk right now, what people are talking about, what I see online and on shows, is that's the way the draft went. The only pick that I had a problem with with the Eagles was Kenneth Gainwell, the running back out of Memphis. I didn't understand the pick. I didn't understand why they took him. Um, I haven't heard an explanation from management on why they went that route with that particular right. pick. So I would be interested to see what their, you know, the Drew has said to me, you know, the other day, you know, Miles Sanders isn't going to last forever. Um, but I don't think Miles Sanders has actually scratched the surface of what he can do. I just didn't understand why they went that route. And it would be interesting to see why they went around. And I don't know if Nick saw this online or not, but like you can find the Packers actually in the last couple of days have signed seven undrafted free agents. And I forget what the other team was. I can't remember if it was the Raiders or the Panthers. They signed 13. So it's not like you can't go that route and get value um, going that route. I, I just, I, I did the, the head scratcher was the running back. And I just thought that, um, again, I have not heard anything since Saturday why they decided to take a running back. Maybe it'll come out in the next few weeks. I don't know. But it was just, I don't know, maybe Sherm feels the same way. I just I just sort of scratched my head when they made that pick, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. The only connection that I know of is this guy, Kenneth Gainwell, is cousins with Fletcher Cox. Really, once you get into the fourth and the fifth round, all of the picks that you're making are essentially shooting darts at a dartboard. We really don't know a whole lot about the players. You just got to cross your fingers and hope that, you know, at least one of these guys pan out. And if one of these six defensive players that the Eagles got ends up panning out, then you know, then they're going to be in business. But to be honest, we're not going to know really for another couple of years. It's the same way with Jalen Rager. We don't really know if that draft pick has panned out last year. He dealt with some injuries and, you know, he was, he wasn't real effective last year, but you're talking about an offensive line that was battered and a quarterback whose mental psyche wasn't there neither. So 
it, it normally takes a couple years, so we'll have to see. But, Ryan, I'm right there with you. I haven't heard a whole lot of reports about Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I think that they just, you know, thought that he would be a good backup to Sanders or maybe the heir apparent to Sanders at some point. But you never know with a fifth-round pick. Well, you know, he's got a, a uh, four six three on a four-yard dash. So, I mean, not bad for 200-plus for pounds. I mean, you're, you're almost talking about – I think he was close to 300. It almost seems like he was in a range of 281 to 284. Somewhere around there, but four six three is not bad for a four yard dash. So it, uh, I like again, Harry Rosen. It, it could have been a lot worse. I think we we're expecting a lot worse. I think I, if I had to give Howie a grade, I would give him, believe it or not, even like a B minus because I think he actually did somewhat more work this year, especially knowing that the Eagles fans <laughs> were going to come after him one way or the other. And one guy, especially who's not on the cast tonight, I uh, would have been Fuji. He would have been right at his front door and ready to walk him outside, but. It could have been just like uh, Lancer Lampoon's Christmas vacation. He had been there grabbing him and prone back at the house for some ransom. But, you know, again, I, I think it's good. Um, Devontae Smith, once again, I think will help and contribute. And I don't know if, Sherman, you feel the same exact way. I think, if anything, adding Devontae Smith, you're talking about an upgrade at least with Jalen Rager. And I think Hightower actually will feed off of what Devontae Smith wanted to bring up with Jalen Hurts. So if anything, it, it definitely brings at least some heightened awareness to both other wide receivers. I think Rager didn't get his, you know, he started out the season pretty decent. We saw the, you know, the fall off, but again, it's a rookie season. Things are going to happen. But I believe for those two, for Rager and Hightower, especially, I think with Devontae Smith, it definitely helps out. So I, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on what do you believe Devontae Smith could end up bringing to this team? Well, look, the Eagles were 4-11-1 last year, and we've talked so often on this show about one of the things that the Eagles needed to do in this draft is to get a puzzle piece for where they're going to be in the future. And I firmly believe that they got that with Devontae Smith. I get it. The pundits are going to say that he's too small. But look, this is a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I think that he'll be effective in the NFL. Is he going to be T.O.? No, he's not going to be T.O. He's he's a completely different player. But I think that they have that cornerstone piece in Devontae Smith. It definitely helps that he has a quarterback in Hurts who he has familiarity with. Nick, getting back to your question from earlier, which was asked on the Friday night show, these guys are paid professionals. So I don't care if it's an Alabama-Alabama connection or an Alabama-LSU connection. Like, you know, you're getting paid all this money. Learn to deal with it. Learn to deal with it, which is why I was absolutely floored when the Cincinnati Bengals ended up taking uh, ended up taking Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. Because when you think of the injury that Joe Burrow suffered last year, getting a guy like Panay Sewell would have vastly improved that team. But you know, going out and getting Chase all because of the LSU connection, I don't get it. But I'm sure that Chase will be effective. Um, but yeah, I think Devontae Smith is going to be good in this league. He has tremendous. He has tremendous speed. He brings a resume with him of a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, there's only been, I think, three Heisman Trophy winners in the history of college football who have been wide receivers. It's been a hot minute since there's been the last one. I think the last one was Desmond Howard, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who played at Notre Dame. Uh, but, yeah, Devontae Smith should be effective. Um, you know, you want to talk about that second-round pick in Landon Dickerson. I think it's all going to boil down to health. If he turns out to be a project where he's always injured, then that's a bad red X for Howie Roseman. But if, right. if he turns out to be the player that he was when he was at Alabama when healthy, then that obviously you know gives some uh, 
solidification to the offensive line because in a couple of years from now, this offensive line that they have, they're going to have to start rotating in new players, and hopefully Landon Dickerson can be one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, I wanted to break down the Eagles draft a little bit, and you were talking about Devonta Smith. And I, I mean, personally, I like the pick. I feel like the Eagles uh, felt a little bit trapped after nine in terms of what they wanted to do. Uh, I think they definitely they definitely wanted to go uh, with the corner, and I think uh, trading up to get Smith was kind of their, their best option because uh, we knew they either wanted a corner or a receiver. Um, but overall, I thought they did they did very well, and I think that uh, they were very aggressive in this draft, and I think that the fans are going to like the aggression that, um, that Howie Roseman showed. I mean, the first two picks, I mean, Devonta Smith, Heisman winner, flashy guy, second pick, Landon Dickerson. He's had four injuries in, in five years, so we're, we're really excited to see what he can do. Um, he's a gamer. He's got grit. He's got toughness, and he's going to earn the respect from his teammates. Um, and even that third-round pick, Millen Williams, I'm looking at his uh, his combine stats here, and, and he's got a very similar comp. And I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere near as good, but he had very similar comps to Aaron Donald coming out of Pitt. So, like, just little things like that, just to give the fans hope, I think is really what they need. Um, and then you were talking about the college connection there, and I, I actually personally am a big fan of it. I think uh, I think Hertz and Smith will have sort of a connection where it's like, okay, I know where you're going to go, and I know just a little intricacies about what you like to do, where you like to go, where you like the ball thrown, and I think just having that little those little pieces and something you don't necessarily have to work on as much going into camp is is nice to have. Now, before, be, be, before I get into my spiel here, I just since Nick's technically a sophomore now, yeah, right? well, I know the ladies can't see him, and I don't want to get him in trouble if he has a if he has a girlfriend. But ladies, he's kicking the ducky look from Pretty in Pink. If he had like <laughs> yeah. shades on, like the round shades, he, he looks like he's kicking the ducky look. So <laughs> tune into the show. We might have to make him wear shades, shades with that the beard and the the uh, the tears for fears. Ducky, Wait, there he goes. I'm yeah. telling you, it's Ducky. That's true. on him, and but as far as Devontae Smith goes, you know, I'll say it's it's a big jump from college talent wise to the pros. But if he can even give, if he can, if he can even even give you half of what he gave you last year at Alabama, it's going to be a tremendous success. And he does have the familiarity with Jalen Hurts, so. You know, as far as far as the college connection, you know, I think you're going to see more and more of it just because I think teams are going to have to worry less and less about chemistry. Um, just like Burrow and Chase play together. Yes, they're a year removed from playing with one another. But again, it's like I said, it's just like hopping on a bike. It's that familiarity. They get along great. They know each other's tendencies. Um, so again, if Smith can give you half of what he did at Alabama last year, he is going to be a, 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 a home run for the team. Now, there's one player that I am hearing about for the Eagles that could be of tremendous value if he does well, and that was um, – I think it was Patrick Johnson with the last pick, the edge rusher out of Tulane. He has all the technical skills from what I'm hearing to be a fantastic player. The only knock on him is his consistency with his motor. You know, he, he, like, he kicks it in. And then he takes plays off. And I'm sure Nick can probably attest to this. And this is what a lot of what I was hearing throughout the draft and like post draft is, you know, and, and Nick's, you know, Nick's in college land. He's in, he's in like the heart of it. A lot of what I'm hearing the last couple of years is 
a lot of the players now that are in college that know they're going to be high draft picks, they sort of like back off a little bit because Nick can attest to this. If I get hurt or if something happens and this is already what I was told that I could go in the middle to late first round, if something happens to me physically, my stock could drop. And if you ever if you ever look at some of the film and what they were talking about, like over the past weekend, you see guys mo- like in big games. There's the motor. There's the motor. There's the motor. Then you get to some of the lesser games, and you just sort of see like a push off, and then they like drop back in coverage, probably when they're not supposed to. So you see where they're taking plays off. Um, but if the Patrick Johnson kid can give you sort of that, and again, it's it's the consistency what they're talking about. They said he has all the technical skills to come off the edge. He just needs to be a little bit more consistent in that drive that a football player is supposed to have. And very good points here. And Sherman, we again with the draft and the Giants, again, Giants, Dallas, and DCU did not do bad whatsoever as far as when it came to their picks as well. So I'm wondering now we got Ron Rivera. Coming back 100% healthy. He's done with all the chemo. God bless him that he was able to beat cancer, and that's great. Um, does the NFC East now, especially with Ron Rivera at 100%, makes it 10 times as hard for Nick Sirianni to even attempt to win a division this year? Well, I think it's definitely going to be a more competitive division this year. Um, DCU won the division, so they'll be playing a tougher schedule this year. But still, you got to look at a team like DCU who was second in the league against the pass. So when they play the, the Eagles two times a year where our bread and butter is passing the ball to Devontae Smith or Jalen Rager or Travis Fulgham or Hightower, right? If you're going up against Washington two times a year, a team that has the second best pass, that might be a little difficult. And then you go to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who were 31st in the league against the run. And you look at their first six picks, and they went defense, 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 defense. Now, just like the Eagles, like we don't know if that's going to pan out or not. But I think that DCU did relatively well in the draft. I think that the Cowboys did well in the draft. I'm not sold that the Giants had the best draft. But just like we talked to Dylan Kearns on the show on Friday night from the Rough Cut Sportscast, even though I personally don't believe that the Giants had a great draft, they made a huge acquisition in getting Kenny Galladay in the offseason from the Detroit Lions. And the fact that Saquon Barkley, if he comes back healthy next year, the Giants can really be a major offensive force. So I don't think it's going to be the NFC least next year, that's for sure. Okay. Huh. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. No, I was, I was going to say, I, I still think it will be the – the NFC least, but um, <laughs> it's still, I mean, Ron Rivera is back year two. Uh, Mike McCarthy, even though we don't all really respect him that much as a coach, and it's been shown that his players don't respect him as much as maybe they should, he's right. he's back year two. And the Giants uh, coach, he's back year two. I, I couldn't tell you his name. I'm really sorry. Um, but I mean, looking at the looking at the odds here uh, to win the NFC East, I mean, the Eagles right now are plus 550, which, I mean, I come on this podcast every week and I talk to Eagles fans and and we aren't, we don't seem that high as a plus 550, um, but I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, what each team is going to have to do because Dallas right now is the favorite to win 
by a, by a good margin to win the East. But they're still only at plus one twenty, but they're still still a nice favorite. So I'm excited to see um, what the other NFC East teams can do. And I think that uh, the Eagles uh, might end up struggling a little bit this year. But I mean, according to the odds, it, it seems like they have at least a decent shot to win the division. Now, if we're going to make it fair across the board here, as we got about five minutes and change left, uh, we're going to make it fair across the board. Nick, of course, he is our beat writer, but we will convert him into an Eagles fan by year's end. We will do so. But, Nick, I'd like to know how you felt, how your team personally drafted, and how do you feel you guys will end up doing this year? Yeah, so um, for the fans that don't know, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I went to Johnny Manziel's training camp when he was a rookie, and ever since then I've been a huge Browns fan. Uh, personally, I really like their draft. Um, I think they got they got a steal in JOK, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Um, at least that's what all the experts say is that they're a steal. But I mean, personally, right now, I'm not too worried about the the draft, the whole draft grades and all that kind of stuff. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you're grading what you what you believe were the best prospects. So at the end of the day, we don't know. And I I read a stat that said about 70 rookies actually end up getting meaningful playing time out of the 200 some undrafted and the undrafted. So it's 20. percent So I mean, the Browns on paper we had a great draft, but. I'm very curious to see how that ends up translating. And uh, I'm very excited to see. And this is Andrew Barry's second draft class, and he uh, he has knocked it out of the water on paper. So I'm excited to see what he uh, what he can put on the football field. Now, we know that Ryan Neff, is, he's another a huge – don't let anyone, please, do not be fooled. Ryan is probably the biggest Eagles fan that we know, bigger than Fuji, believe it or not. But this one, we're going to let him slide. And we want to see his thoughts on – his uh, maybe alter ego team there, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Ryan, you know, we know that obviously I don't think that truthfully the Chiefs didn't seem like they really needed a lot of holes to fill. But was there any bigger, any, I guess, big splash that was done with uh, any Reed team up there in KC? Well, they only had six picks and they did make a splash in free agency, which I was happy about. They have shored up the offensive line. Um, you know, bringing Kyle Long back out of retirement, if he can even remotely get back to what he was um, and some of the other signings they made for the offensive line, uh, Patrick Mahomes is not going to have to worry about running around all that much. I was pleased with the way the draft went. Um, I was a little, little disappointed, and Nick can probably attest to this because he's an ACC country. When they drafted Joshua Kane Doe from Florida State, the edge rusher, um, he was one of the top prospects coming out of high school in all of high school, just not two, three years ago. And he never lived up to the potential at Florida state. He was supposed to be a beast. He was supposed to wreak havoc and he didn't. So he's, I understand why they wanted to go that way because he's, he's big, he's tall, you know, and if somebody can get a hold of him the right way, he might be able to realize his full potential. Um, they went with the tight end from Duke. Um, Noah Gray, Nick will be familiar with him. Um, and, and it's almost like and they got a couple other tight ends, but it's, it's almost like Andy Reid saw what happened in the Super Bowl right. with, you know, the tight ends that they have and some of the sets and how they can utilize it. And um, and then the other, you know, my man, my man, you know, Nick Cornell Powell from Clemson, one of the speedy receivers that they had. I was happy about that pick only from the standpoint of, they need wide receiver depth. You know, they have Kelsey, they have Hill. Their other receivers are serviceable, but they're not spectacular. You know, and, and, and if Powell can just do damage sort of like as a possession receiver, 
Um, that'll be fantastic. And the one pick, because of the, what the kid's been through medically with the heart condition, and if if all that's fine now, Trey Smith out of Tennessee is an absolute monster. He is a beast. He is a mountain on the offensive line. I just hope and pray for the kid's sake that medically he is going to be fine because when he was healthy, nobody could get by that kid. And what a hell of a pickup that's going to be. No, listen. There, I think there's a lot of a a lot of between this year and next year. Next year, I know this year was supposed to quarterback stack. I think next year, if I remember correctly, it's going to be all about the D line. If I do remember correct for next year's draft. But it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this year, from all the picks, obviously from all, all the teams here in the NFL, how I end up doing because there's a bunch of sleepers that were in there. But I guess for me, if I was trying out for a team and I don't make it, I get cut, I guess the the hope would be that obviously I get picked up by somebody else. But it, it's going to be – I think this year is going to be really good with the NFL. As long as everyone, again, we can get the stadiums filled again with the fans and we're going to enjoy ourselves and do the best we possibly can to help along to, to cheer the team. It'd be great because we like to see also the drama that's still filling out there in Seattle because they're trying to get Sherman back um, <laughs> for that. What you call it for the D line, but uh, talks aren't going too well. So it, it'll be interesting, very very interesting what's going to happen in Seattle. Sherman, speaking of, any last words when it comes to the Eagles? Before I have to say one thing for you as well. Oh wow! Any last words about the Eagles at this point? They picked up six defensive players in the draft. They were ranked number 23rd. They were ranked number 23 against the run last year. So hopefully a couple of these defensive guys pan out to the to the point where they're a more effective team against the run next year and they're able to be a little bit more competitive as they were last year. All right. Now, for those who don't know, and now that we're done a little NFL talk here, we're going to have a little fun talk. First of all, a huge happy birthday to one Mrs. Sherman, who just celebrated her uh, 24th birthday. Am I correct here, Mike? Yes, absolutely correct. 24. 24th birthday, and she had uh, fun with, with Mike at home, and they, they did a musical. And if you guys didn't catch the musical, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Sherman actually sh- uh, shared it with me. And not only that, but if you want to hear Olivia Newton-John and Frank Sinatra, <laughs> you want to tune into that one because – they did it. The performance was really nice. I like the way you guys end up looking at each other as you're doing, you know, the musical interlude back and forth. So that was really nice. And thank you for sharing that. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, Mike, I will let you tell them what day it was so people can go back and go check it out themselves. Yeah. So the performance happened on Sunday night, May the 2nd. And if you go to burksboutique.com, uh, or if you follow my wife's Facebook page under Barbara Burke Sherman, or if you follow me under Michael Sherman, you'll be able to follow. You'll be able to find it. It was a 45-minute concert. It was absolute uh, fantastic fun. We hadn't sung in a while due to the pandemic. We haven't had the opportunity to perform in musical theater for a hot minute, so it was a great opportunity to sing. And if you watch it, you'll notice a lot of the times I'm staring right at the screen. There's a reason for that because words were coming up on the screen. I'm great with tunes, but when it comes to words, um, I'm not the best. So I got to like stare at the screen and I don't care what the standard is. I'm always, I'm always staring at the screen, but yeah, thank you for the shout out for that. 
for Barb's birthday. And yeah, it was a fun time. So to the listeners out there, go check it out. It's a free 45 minute concert. And it's a lot of fun because we went uh, Sinatra. We did some musical theater stuff. We, we rounded it out with suddenly Seymour. So if you want to go all the way to the end and see yeah. suddenly Seymour, I rocked, I rocked the glasses. I put them on. I put the bow tie on. I know nobody can see that right now, but you know, I put that on, <laughs> just had some fun. With it. You didn't, you didn't do Adolfo, did you? No, I didn't. Do <laughs> no, I did not do Adolfo. Tried to stay uh, to some of the standards. I was I was in a play with Barb and uh, and Mike some maybe five six years ago called the Drowsy Chaperone, and uh, I think it was like my first musical ever. I sort of got sucked into it, <laughs> and because uh, I, I I you know I sing Leonard Skinner, I sing Pink Floyd. I I don't do musical theater, but I just it was a great experience, and you know to 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 watch these two on especially during that number. Oh my God. I, every every time I watched them in the green room when they were on stage together watching the monitor, I I would just be like, oh here we go, here we go. <laughs> this, it it was good. It it was fun to see like when when you see people in different professions. Now we know that the professor is a teacher, but it, it's different to see one as a teacher, two as a sports contributor. And so when you get to see you know someone out of well I will call out of the realm because. Sherman is used to doing musical theater, so that's different for him. But when I watch the performance, it's like seeing someone completely different from what you see. Like you can almost, it's almost, I said to Debbie, my producer, hey, you look, if you look at, at Sherman, when he turns sideways, he's almost like identical to Henry Winkler, meaning that, that, that persona, <laughs> it was coming off. Like it was, it was just that kind of performance. Like I'm looking at a star here. So I just thought, hey, <laughs> exactly. So that's the way I thought about it. So <laughs> I, I thought it was good. And uh, for those who don't know, by the way, uh, as we're signing off here, so Nick does not do musical performances. We do know <laughs> what kind of music he actually likes. But for those that don't know, he is an actual professional tap dancer. He doesn't have his tap dancing shoes on tonight. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if you guys want to cut it up on the dance floor, I'm pretty sure you can do it. But uh, Nick, Maybe. I don't know if you want to talk about the uh, the time that you – uh, I, I think it was with Briskenhoff's daughter that you were uh, toe-tapping with. Right, right. Yeah, I toe-tap with, uh, with whoever that is, daughter, all the time. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I actually, in terms of dance, I um, I picked up a little shag this past semester. Took some shag courses because shag's big in the South. Um, that's a dance, but, uh, everybody. That's not the British term, by the way. Yeah, exactly. No, not the dance, the dance. Uh, fun dance, good time. And uh, I definitely uh, wish I got into some of this artsy stuff more. And hopefully we can all do a musical together. Let's do a Broad Street South musical. That'd be a lot of fun. Holy moly. I think that at that point, people are probably end up tuning us. I, I have zero singing voice whatsoever. And even if I try to fake the funk, it would be so bad. But no, listen, with Nick... So uh, those who do not know, Nick is our youngest of the group. And we made some references, I think it was almost last week as well, um, during the draft, to some music. No, matter of fact, it was with Sound Codes, now that I, I think about it. So with Sound Codes, we talked about some different bands that, uh, like, uh, holy moly, I can't, um, The Godfather Soul, James Brown. So we brought him up. And Nick's eyes, when as I mentioned it, he may have been looking at his monitor for something else, but his eyes opened up really wide. So when I went back to Nick and said, Nick, I noticed that your eyes opened up really wide there. So what can you tell us about James Brown? And your response was, Nick? I said, <laughs> I, said I really don't know who that is. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and if you would have seen 
Ryan's face <laughs> when when you said that that was just absolutely epic. So when we when we end up getting all the clips of the best of Broad Street South and put them together, that is definitely one that's going to be in there because Ryan's face when you said that you didn't know who James Brown was was absolutely priceless. Sure was <laughs> Angel. Yeah. When uh, the, what, when's the Vegas trip supposedly? You know the date. No, because the NFL schedule is not completely released until right. May 18th. No, no, so, no. Hey, since Clemson's my secondary team, yeah. and provided the Vegas trip isn't the end of October, if you can get me tickets to the Florida State game sitting next to you, I will drive down there to watch the Clemson-Florida State game. All right. Well, uh, let's let's figure something out. Hopefully, I'm not work. I'm, I might be working some of the games this year, but I'm not too sure yet. So let's figure something out. And uh, I can t- I can tell game by myself. I can I can hang amongst the peeps. <laughs> I don't have a problem doing that, my friend. I can okay. I can mingle among the best of them. So all right. Well, let's figure something out. Let's uh, let's let let's make it happen. So the uh, two things here. One is that the NFL schedule comes out May 12th, and then the draft, of course, is in Vegas next year, which that should be really interesting, especially if you get a lot of Eagles fans down there in Vegas. I mean, it's already going to be inundated no matter which way you look at it when Eagles play down there. But that would be a lot of fun to, to cover that draft or come next year. Um, I will say, though, Ryan, if uh, depending, like as you stated, when it comes to, to the Eagles, if it's not the end of October, maybe I'll join the both of you guys out there in Clemson. Since I'm down here in Florida, I'm not, you know, I'm about hop skipping a jump down here from South Carolina. So I, I will actually make the trip up there. I was to Clemson once. I had a buddy of mine that went there, and I haven't been back since 1989. <laughs> well, matter of fact, wow. I'll, let's, I'll, I'll mention this here as, uh, as we're wrapping up the show. Not only will I go up there for the weekend, but I'll bring the equipment with me, and between Nick, myself, and you, and anyone else out of college crowd who wants to and enjoying the the fun in the show, we'll have a special show that what it, it would be up Friday night. That do Friday it night the, to, do it from yeah. uh, all of us can be there. We could do it from the Tiger Bar. What the hell? There you well, go. Yeah. Well, well, we can't all be there. I uh, fortunately well, twenty one. We can get you. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. Gonna, like, like he hasn't gotten in there before. I, no, wait a minute. Hold not. on. I have, not, <laughs> I have not gotten in there before. No, and, and I agree. He hasn't gotten in there beforehand. But as far as now, for that particular bar, do you have to be 21 just to enter or you just can't be underage and not drink? No. Yeah, you have, to, you have to be 21 to enter every single bar except for, I believe, two. I think there's two bars. But I'm thinking, okay. so on Clemson's campus, we have a big field called Bowman. And ESPN does their college game day there when Clemson's, when Clemson's the home team. If we like pretend that, like, oh, yeah, like we're like this big time Big time, and when we are, we were this big time sports company, and we're gonna host a show on Bowman. Like, I'm very curious. Like, we can get fans like in the background, like behind us, like going, "Whoa, go Tigers!" Yeah. It can happen. Let's we'll put it all together. Matter of fact, the the man right there with the Clemson type shirt on, I'm pretty sure it could also make it happen as well. So, yeah, and, and the guy right below do. you, yeah, the, the guy that has hey, the, the I, actual. Look. Everybody knows that college football is my passion. I don't do it as much as I used to. But there was a point and a time on a Saturday where the first game would kick off at noon, and I wouldn't watch the last game until 2.30 in the morning, the last West Coast game. People called me nuts, but there's nothing like watching a full slate of college football for 14 and a half hours with a six-pack of brew, some good food, and all you're doing is watching college football. How do you think I know so much? 
And, and to any future employer for our beat writer, Nick Lisi, by the way, we like to make a lot of jokes around here. So please do not hold anything that we say against us because it's all jokes. The kid is absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, I know we mentioned a couple of funny things uh, beforehand, but believe me, it's all jokes. So please do not take us serious when it comes to Nick. We just like to have fun with him because we know that he's not as of uh, the right age yet. So do not take what we not say yet. to heart here. Not so, yet. Yeah. No strippers, no alcohol. No, <laughs> yeah, no strippers, no alcohol, none of that stuff. You know, we just, again, it's all to have fun. But if you make the biggest trip, though, I will say you won't <laughs> see strippers. <laughs> but you will see the biggest showgirls because they will be inside the stadium. So that right. you will see, which is completely legal. Anyone out there, there any employer, it is <laughs> completely legal. Until Fuji, get, until Fuji gets a hold of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is absolutely oh, true. Man. So listen, guys, thank you so much. And to our folks that are downloading, by the way, thank you so much because we have ranked up in 98th. Let's see if we can't break that top 50 before maybe the season starts. So we started at the very, very bottom. We are inching and clawing our way towards the top. We hope that at least we'll break the top 10 maybe within the first year or at least a little after our first year. So thank you to everyone who is downloading our show, who's tuning into our show. We really do appreciate it. Again, fans of Philly for fansofphilly.com. For Joe and the rest of the crew out there, thank you for being the sponsors. Again, if you guys want to reach out to Fans of Philly, you can either email Joe at fansofphilly.com and or call him at 610-517-7171, 610-517-7171. For my sports contributor, Mike, the professor, Juru Sherman, Nick Lisi, our beat writer, and for Ryan Neff, I'm Angel. We will talk to you guys next week. And also, by the way, let's not forget Joe DeCamera, the biggest oddball that there is when it comes to movies and social stuff. We'll be on Thursday Night Live with us at 7.30. So if you're hearing this tomorrow, join us Thursday night with Joe DeCamera. That promises to be a lot of fun. And by the way, the week after will be Seth Joyner. So we go from someone who's completely funny but knows his sports to the man himself that was a former Eagle. So join us then. Everyone else, uh, as we leave you with our exit music, I will bring that back up here. Thanks for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Everyone else, you guys, have a great night, and we will talk to everyone come next week. Peace.